Hello, and welcome to the Her True Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Laura Lindahl, and today you're getting a really practical dose of tips that have made my workouts go from feeling like a chore to something that I actually look forward to enjoy because I'm seeing progress and results. So buckle up, grab a pen and paper, because this episode is jam-packed with good stuff. Her True Strength Podcast is your faith-based approach to discovering how to build your strongest body yet. You'll learn how to strengthen your mind, body, and spirit all through the lens of the gospel. I'm your host, Laura Lindahl, follower of Jesus, lifter of weights, and adventure enthusiast. And I empower faith-based women to build strong bodies from the inside out so they can confidently impact the world with strength and grace. Welcome to the Her True Strength Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. How in the world are you today? I hope that this podcast finds you in a good place. And if not, I'd like you to try to get in a good place. Clear out your distractions, close out those mental tabs you have running, and take a second to breathe and think of just one thing that you're grateful for. If you need to, pause this podcast and just take a moment of silence in your day as a gift to find some stillness and a bit of calm. And when you're ready, hit play. I'll be here waiting for you and settle in because today's episode is going to be incredibly impactful for you. I've taken the last 10 years of training experience as a woman, as a believer, as a highly driven Enneagram 3 individual and put together 10 rules that will help you to stay on track for your goals, not only to perform better in the gym, but to feel good while you're doing it. Because 10 rules is a lot to squeeze into one podcast, and most of my followers listen to these podcasts on the go for about a 30-minute commute or walk. I'll be breaking these down into a two-part episode series, and this is episode one. See, these rules have helped me to calm the inner critic that so many of us have running rampant in our lives. You know, that little voice that pops in your head that says you're not doing enough, you haven't come far enough, you're not worth this much time to spend on yourself. So if you're someone that's ever wrestled with this, I hope that this episode gives you some practical tools for your toolkit. Because here's the reality, you're human. I'm human. And the beautiful part about that humanity is being human. It's the constant tugging between the spirit and the flesh, one guiding us towards love and the other guiding us towards judgment. And until the day that you die, you can't exactly get rid of your flesh. But what you can do is arm yourself with specific tools and strategies to help you when you do struggle, when that inner critic starts to pipe up. Now, if you're like most of my followers, you might listen to this podcast and think 10 rules. That's a lot. And you're right. It is. And if you feel a pressure that you have to do all of them, I want to just clear the air on this right now. You can choose one of these, five of these, or none of these. You are a grown adult. Choose what resonates with you in the season of life that you're in. And feel free to come back again and pick out another tool that you might need in the future. My podcasts are everlasting. (laughs) Now, before I dive into the first five training rules that are going to empower your body and mind, I want to say one last thing. There's no punishment for breaking one of these rules. No red letter marking you off or failing you from the class. In fact, I believe that 
same thought is why so many women feel disheartened or discouraged in their fitness journey. They're so busy being the judge of their body that they don't have the mental capacity to be the detective anymore to find out what might be able to change to help them to become better. Guys, there's no need for judgment. God's already done that for you. And because of the justifying work of Jesus on the cross, you are not guilty. So please, from the bottom of my heart, please stop being so judgy of yourself. I think that you're amazing, and so does Jesus, and our opinions combined are pretty powerful. So although you don't need anything from me, now, the table is set, and it's time to dig in. Here's the first five of my top 10 training rules to lift by. Number one, have the courage to say the most powerful two-letter word, no. Listen, it takes courage for a hardworking, driven woman like myself to say no. I want to do all the things for all the people, be all the places, and I want to be a pro at everything. And maybe you can relate. But there are some times that we need to say no to working out, no to hanging out, or no to going out. Sometimes saying no to something allows us to say yes to something that's much more meaningful, impactful, and essential to our lives and our goals. Here's a really practical example. When I first started my biz, I went from lifting at a commercial gym five days a week to lifting at home and scaling back to three days a week. Now, from the outside looking in, someone might think that I was showing up less and they might think I work out less now, which they'd be right. I do work out less now, but I work out a lot better. I have more energy, more focus, and better movement during my workouts. And as a result, I've been able to make a lot more progress working out less now than I ever have. Does that make sense? Now, in the same way, there are times where no looks like turning down a workout and not fearing the consequences. It's saying no to a workout so we can hang out with a friend who's maybe going through a season of grief or loneliness. And on the flip side of that, not feeling like you have to make it up or push harder the next day because you've fallen behind. Behind what? You are only working out for you in the gym, and sometimes you need a day off. This courage has to come from a deep understanding of the role of exercise in our lives. When fitness becomes more than it was ever designed to be is when we have these hangups. See, fitness was never meant to be a lifestyle. In fact, when you think about it, fitness only became popular with the rise of the Industrial Revolution when we stopped working with our body and started working more with our brains. And as a result, our brains have gotten incredibly more intelligent. Most research would support the fact that humans as a population are becoming more intellectually intelligent. But our bodies, on the other side, require a bit more attention for them to stay healthy, for them to stay fit. So while fitness is important, remember that it was never meant to be your life and you have full permission to say no any day of the week for something better, better for your mind, better for your body or for your soul. One simple test to know when you should say no is to ask yourself, is this the best use of my time today? And will this help my health? or hurt it. Include your spiritual health, your emotional health, your physical health. Think about that and use that little test. I've used this time and time again, and it has helped me to navigate the grayish waters of knowing, should I work out today or not? Now, moving along to number two, be the student 
of your body. If you haven't heard this before, I would highly recommend you to think of yourself as a student and your body the teacher. See, your body is a miraculous piece of creation. It actually blows my hair back to think about how crazy the design of the body is. And the more I learn, the more I have to worship God about it. He didn't make a mistake when he designed you either. You're just the way he wanted you to be. And he's loaded your body with all sorts of safety signals and alarms to help you know when to take it easy and when to give your body some TLC. To be a student of your body means that you're ready to learn what is trying to tell you through aches and pains. A little known fact about pain is that it doesn't mean that something is wrong. In fact, it means that your body wants to teach you how to do something better. And it requires a curiosity and a dedicated mind to take the time to listen and not neglect the signals that our body gives us. A beautiful analogy of this I'd like to share is when a car's check engine light is on. You wouldn't put a Band-Aid over it, right, and expect it to go away. No, we'd take it to the mechanic, we'd find out what's wrong ASAP before we're left stranded on 95, right? In the same way, when we notice our body is speaking up to us, when it's just whispering us, maybe through fatigue, through aches and pains, through lack of motivation or progress, that we need to do some investigating. Now, while I would love to be able to plug my body into a diagnostic test like you do with a car, that doesn't actually exist. Not yet, at least. I'm still waiting for the medical community to get a body screening tub like the one in Wakanda. But until then, we have to approach our body like it's a Ferrari that just needs some tweaks to improve its performance. To look at our body not as broken, but like a wheel that has a twig stuck in its spokes. Your job is to find out what that twig is and get it out. Then, and only then, you can move forward in your training and make the progress that you really want. A lot of women say that they want to love their body again, and I totally get it. But guys, the heart can't love what the mind doesn't know. If you don't know your body, what works and what doesn't work, what makes it feel better, what makes it feel worse, it's going to be really hard to love your body. Learn to be the student. Take notes. Ask those who are qualified to help you become a better student of your body, to help guide you on your journey to becoming a better student. One of the best things I've done on my health is to hire coaches to be my guide, to teach me what they've learned, and to buy books that help me to deepen my understanding of the body. Go buy yourself a book, take some notes, and become the student again. Ask questions, put it to practice, go to class, do all of those things that a student would do, and be willing to admit that you're not the expert on everything, and that's okay. None of us are. We are all here to learn, and the faster you can do that, the better results you will find. Okay, now on to number three. Practice, practice, practice. Listen, I am rarely impressed by someone who has a natural talent, but what does impress me are the athletes who came from nothing, who flopped at high school sports and chased after their goals until they caught them. Those athletes who didn't give up when they tripped running down the track, who missed the free throw or fumbled in the end zone, they are the ones who inspire me to keep going because they put in the work. They practiced time and time and time again, refining along the way until it just became so smooth, so automatic, so effortless 
for them to look like it was natural talent. There's an analogy I like to use when it comes to learning something new and the power of practice. Kind of like going down a snowy hill on a sled. The first time you're plowing snow and you'll likely have to get out and push a few times when you get stuck, but you make it down to the end and begrudgingly you haul your sled all the way back up to the top. The second time you're still plowing some snow, but you're getting to pick up a little bit of speed and you're going a little bit faster down the hill. What happens the more times you go down the hill? You get faster and faster and smoother, right? The slope becomes smoother. The snow becomes harder packed and your path is more consistent. In the same way, the first time you try something new, whether that's a deadlift with a barbell, maybe barefoot lifting or working on your pull-up, the first few times there's going to be resistance. There's going to be that plowing that has to happen. Your mind is on overdrive and there's a lot of snow to plow through the first time you practice something. Thoughts like, am I doing this right? Do I look like an idiot? Or this feels weird? Or um, is this normal? Is it normal to have to try this hard? We have all of these thoughts, right? When we try something new. But the more we grease the groove, the less those thoughts show up and the smoother and more consistent that we get in our practice There's an old phrase that I loathe, and it's that practice makes perfect. Well, I staunchly disagree. Perfect doesn't exist on this side of heaven, but what does exist is progress, and everyone can work towards that. Perfection is a mirage. So in your practice, aim to seek out ways that you're making progress. Note when something feels easier. Note when you have to think less about getting your form right, or maybe you don't even think about what people are thinking of you. These are all signs that you're greasing the groove and picking up speed going down the hill. I hope that makes sense. Practice, practice, practice. I have done this time and time again, not only in my training, but also seen it grow so much in my business. The more times that I practice things, the faster that I get at them, the easier they become, the less I have to think about them. Okay. Moving along to number four, treat your body like it's someone you're responsible for helping. As a general rule, if you wouldn't do it to your grandma, your daughter, your son, your niece, or your nephew, don't do it to your body. If you wouldn't let them stay up late scrolling on Instagram, ruining their sleep, don't do it to yourself. If you wouldn't let them skip a meal and then go try to run five miles, don't let your body do the same thing. I think a lot of us have a disconnect with what we tell ourselves and what we tell others. If a friend was to ask us for advice on whether she should take a rest day or work out after an injury, I think we would all clearly tell her to take it easy, maybe to do some stretching or mobility work and dial it down a notch. But what would we tell ourselves in this situation? It's fine. Nothing's actually wrong. Maybe we'll say I'll push through. Listen, sister, don't be so mean to yourself. Speak kindly to your body. And if you're not running as fast as you'd like, your joints are aching, you didn't sleep well, don't complain to your body and treat it like it did something wrong. It doesn't need to be beat into subjection or grounded down into a pulp. It needs to get healed. And that takes rest, care, compassion, curiosity. Do me, yourself, and your mom a favor. Please ditch the no pain, no gain mentality. Speak kindly to yourself. This is the body 
the only body you'll ever have. You might as well take really good care of it. Next time you're stuck in indecision or you're tempted to beat your body down, ask yourself if a friend was asking you this, what would you tell them? And the answer just might surprise you how different of what you would be telling yourself. Number five, and our last one, if you're holding your breath, you're holding back your progress. Your breath is your superpower. It's literally the way that God breathed life into your body, and it's how your body regenerates on a daily basis. If you want to change the way your body feels in five minutes, take 10 deep breaths, inhaling for six seconds and exhaling for six seconds, and I guarantee you that you'll instantly feel more calm, more relaxed, and clear-headed. In fact, pause this podcast now and give it a shot. I'll be waiting for you when you're back. How'd it go? It's pretty crazy, right? And it's all because your breath is the bridge between your body's two nervous pathways, the fight or flight or the resting and the digesting. These two are in constant tension back and forth, and it's a vital part of keeping your body's balance and our body's hormones and our gut health. Because when we tend to stay on one pathway for too long, particularly the fight or flight, the stress levels in the body cause a chronic elevation of hormones that keep our heart rate elevated, disturb our digestion, absorption of nutrients, and prevent the body from building muscle, which is exactly why when a client comes to me and wants to get stronger but isn't willing to go to bed earlier or work on stress management, they have a lot harder time seeing results. See, the body is a really efficient system, and because muscle takes a lot of energy to build and maintain, when we're in a stressful situation, the last thing it's going to want to do is give itself permission to build energy-expensive muscle because it simply has better important things to do, like keep your heart beating, keep your eyelashes blinking, and to do all of the things that help you to stay alive. It's kind of like trying to run the AC, the heated seats, go 90 miles an hour with the windows down, all in an empty tank of gas. The body just can't do it. Now, you may be asking, what does my breath have to do with balancing stress? Well, if you've ever practiced your breath, you'll know that you instantly feel more relaxed and your heart rate slows down. You may even notice that your hands and feet start to get warm because your body evenly distributes your blood flow better. Your breathing slows down and you might even start to yawn. Well, that's because your body is tipping the scales back to the resting and digesting after about a fight or flight response. And it's this tip on a daily basis that helps you to keep your perception of stress lower and to boost your recovery levels higher. Here's something to try and for size. Next time you go to bed, spend five minutes focusing on your breath. Place one hand on your belly and focus on letting the belly rise freely as you breathe in and fall as you breathe out. Slow down your exhale and focus on feeling the air coming in and out of your nose. In the same way, when training, your breath holds the power to prevent exhaustion. And I got to tell you that if you're out of breath, it's too late to focus on finding it. Start to incorporate deep nasal breathing into your warm-up and during your rest periods and see how your heart rate slows down and slows down your breathing. This is super important and it allows you to keep your heart rate lower while you're lifting. And as a result, your perceived effort goes down while the weight does not. The end result is that you're able to lift more with better form and focus, aka getting stronger, getting those gains. And there you have it, the first five rules to train by. 
I hope that one of these rules hit deep for you and hopefully inspired you to make a change in your training or lifestyle, whether that is learning to say no so your body can say yes to something better, learning to be the student of your body, to treat it like it belonged to somebody else, learning to have patience while you practice or holding your breath. Again, take as much as you need and leave the rest for another time. And as always, if you found this podcast to be helpful, encouraging, or inspiring, please don't keep it to yourself. Think of just one friend who you share a common interest with and send it their way. It would make their day and it would definitely make mine. Until next time, friends, stay strong. All the love, Coach Laura.